Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Noach, Tov Shin Ayin Tes. <coughs> As we get into one of the more colorful parshios of, uh, of the whole entire Torah, so many pictures, so many uh, uh, memories we have from uh, all of our different stages of life when we think about Parshas Noach, and uh, we get right into it, uh, Perak Vav, Pasik Yud Gimel. Vav Yud Gimel, beginning of the parsha, the Torah tells us exactly uh, what was the, the final straw. You know, for God to destroy the entire world, the entire civilization, except a couple of people, and physical, the the entire world, the ground and the trees and everything, there had to be something major. And the Torah tells us. The Torah tells us. The world, became destroyed. And the world was filled with Hamas. So first it says, which means, Rashi, Lashon erva va'avodas elilim. Gili arayas avodazara. Svaramacherim erva v'chulu. Vatimaleha aretz chamas, gezel. Stealing, thievery. And the Gemara Sanhedrin tells us that, as we know, that was the final straw. Lo nechtam gzardin ela al hagezel. It was gezel, it was stealing. And the question that is asked by many, uh, and we'll ask it this year through the eyes of the Tosefis Bracha, the Baal Torah Tamima, Rebarcha Levi Epstein. Why was that the final straw? They violated the big three, at least Rashi quotes the big two, two out of the big three, right? Avodah Zara and Gili Arias. Doesn't say Shvi Chasdamim, but the other two. So, what, that wasn't bad enough? Uh, only once they stole, oh, now, now, there's, now there's no way, I, I can't hold back. So, why was it Dafka Gezel? Kithio Rasa Kasuv, Source number one. That's why the Gemara says in Parachelek at the end of Sanhedrin, until their hands spread out in Gazel. Right? They were, they were, until they were sinning plenty. <laughs> and he asked the question. These very stringent, harsh Averos, that we know the Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin and in Psachim, that you have to give your life for them. Those two, no, those didn't put him over the edge. Only Gazel. On the first two, Hashem delayed. Gazel. Gazel is a losase. The others are Chayvim Misa. Right, so why was Gezel the, the final straw? Right, it's not even. He quotes the Mishnah in Mesechas Chagiga. The Pasuk says in Kohelas. The Mishnah quotes it. How many times does a Mishnah quote a Pasuk? Not too often. But the Mishnah Chagiga quotes the Pasuk. Mu'ubas lo yuchaliskon. Something crooked that you cannot fix. What is that referring to? It's talking about somebody who's involved in Arayos and this they create a Mamzer. So that's something very serious. The most serious. But that wasn't harsh enough for Hashem to, des- to decide to destroy the world. It was only Gezel. Question one. Question two, he asks, just a minor, seemingly, on the Lashon of the Gemara, of the Chazal. Right, the Gemara that says that it was a Gzardim on Gezel, what was the language? Back to line number two. Lo nechtam Gzardinam ad shepashtu yidehem begezel. Until their hands spread in Gezel. doesn't just say they stole their hands spread. It sounds like it was an epidemic. It wasn't just that they stole. What's the emphasis of Chazal of Pashtu Yedehem Begezel? Velo Bekitzer, Elal Gezel. 
Umayachas pishut yadayim leinyan. There's a mashma that gezahaya b'shtachotu b'histareya was spreading out. So what exactly is the message? So he mentions an idea that we've mentioned many times in other contexts, but maybe not in this one. We mentioned this, the Meshachachma has a similar idea in Parshas Bishalach on Vahamayim Lahem Chomami Minam in at length. But here we'll see it from the Tosefis Bracha, who is overlapped a little bit with the Meshachachma, a little bit. Says the Torah Tamima, Vahadnira Lomar Bebir Darvazel line 17, Apiyam Mavur Bagados, was quoted in Agados. It's a Yerushalmi in Meseches Peah. He doesn't quote it. But it's Mavur Bagada. As long as Am Yisrael are ba'achtus, as long as they're getting along with each other, as long as the Jews are nice to each other, we can be doing terrible things. It's not great. Hashem doesn't love it. But you know what? Hashem will have Rachmas. Hashem will delay. He quotes the Chazal from one of the Mesechus Ketanos. Derech Eretzuta, Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Gadol Ashalom, Shafilu Ovdim Akum, V'Yeshalom Beinehem, Kaviyachol Ein Shchina Yecholol and Goabohem. Even if they're worshiping idols, but if there's peace amongst them, Kaviyachol, the Shchina can't touch them. And it, we could be doing things, right? What does that Yerushalmi say? In the door of Achav, they were doing Avodah Zarah, they were doing terrible things. But why were they Matzliach in war? Because they got along with each other, and they had Shalom Beinehem. But once there's machlokes, quotes the pasuk in Hosea, once their hearts are split, now they will be guilty. What does that mean? Ratzalomar calls manchein bechabura while they're grouped together. B'shalom biyadidus b'shalom azafilu odim atzavim. Even if they're worshiping idols, the first half of that pasuk, kesef izav afal pigenit nanachlo. Hashem leaves it. Aval chalak libam. But once, once their hearts are split, then now we'll be held guilty for everything up until now, even what we didn't get punished for before. It wasn't just that the machlokas now causes us to be punished for the machlokas, but the shalom is a protective shield. And once that's not there, then we'll be punished for everything. And it's not easy. Right, the last bracha we say every amida of our lives. We ask Hashem for help. Sim shalom tovo vracha chayin v'chazer alein v'akol yisrael amecha barchenu avinu kulanu keachad. We can't do it. We can't do it ourselves. It's hard. Right? What have we quoted often? Oh, he's also same author from the Tosefis Bracha in his commentary Baruch Shamar and Perki Avos. Right? He quotes that what the um, one of the ten nisim that happened in Yerushalayim and that Bezrim will happen is Nobody said it was there were millions of Jews in Yerushalayim. Nobody complained that it was too squishy. Nobody says, I don't have enough room. It doesn't say that there was enough room. It says nobody complained about it. There wasn't room. Everybody was squished. But if you're on the same team, if we're all family, then it doesn't bother us as much. If we love each other, you know, if you if, if you next if you're on the subway and you're next to like family members, it's not so bad. It's fine. Maybe it's no, but if it's like strangers and like people who I don't want to be so close with, it's much more not so pleasant. So when there's shalom, so it's like a parent looking down. What does a parent want? He just wants his kids to get along with each other. They might not be the perfect kids. <clears throat> Nobody's perfect, but just don't fight. Don't fight with each other, right? And and we know fighting is somewhat natural. Looking safe or bracious. 
You don't have to look too far to find families from the beginning throughout the Sefer. Right, and that's why some of the Bali Moser say, why do we bless our kids, Kefrayim Vechem on Friday night? Because they were the first two siblings that got along with each other. They didn't have any issues. So again, having Shalom is somewhat challenging. But Hashem loves it. And that says that Tosefis Brachi is what's going on here. As long as they got along, they could be doing Avodah Zara, they could be doing Avodah Giliarayas, which again is an issue what type of Gili Arayis, that also could be a, a violation of Edom Lachavero, but it could be non uh Lachavero Gili Arayis. So as long as they were doing certain Averis, but there was Shalom between them, that was a protective shield. But once they violated Gezel, it wasn't that they were punished for the Gezel. Now they're punished for everything. Now they're punished for all the Averis that they did. Line 28. As long as their hand did it spread out. And it wasn't just Gezel. It was that it spread and it affected their, affected their relationships with each other. That's the language of Pashtu Yedehem. They weren't punished. The Shalom protected them. But once their hand spread, as nitvasu alaveras achamuros, they were nitvas for all the stringent sins, and that's the lashon of lorechta gzardinam. The gzardin was el alagezel. It's not that the gzardin was only for gezel. Once gezel was opened up, that was not on the gzardin on on everything that they had done until it even reached the point of the point of gezel. Okay, so again, as we know, avas chinam. That's what we need, and that's what we. Are davening for, and not just davening for. We have to do it. We have to do it and uh, do our best. Okay, moving right along. The Teva. We've spoken in the past, the comment of the Ramban, that even though we have the exact dimensions of the Teva, and it was large, it wasn't nearly as large as would have been needed. It was a nace. It was a nace. Hashem said, you have to do your establish. You have to build the Teva. But we shouldn't have any any uh, misconceptions that the Teva fit the animals. It was impossible. We know the exact dimensions, and the animals shouldn't have been fit, fit on the teva. And the food for each animal for a year, okay, there's just the amount, the quantities are just unfathomable. But either way, okay, it was a nace. But the Torah does describe the exact dimensions and how the teva was built. And there is one word that is spoken about by Chazal, and that's Vav Tezayin. Tsohar Tasela Teva. Put it Sohar. So out of all the words in the description of the of the uh, Teva building, that's probably the one word that is unclear. One word that we're not exactly sure what it is. Everything else is pretty clear. Three levels and the materials and what you line it with and the pitch and the tar and the... We, we know. But what's it Sohar? Sohar ta'asela Teva. Make it Sohar for the Teva. Unkelis. Nehor. Nehora. Lights. <coughs> so does that mean... Light, a source of light, or letting in light. So, Pashtus, it means the former. But Rashi, as we know, quotes Chazal, the two days. Two days, what is Tsohar Tase Lateva? Says Rashi, Yesh Omrim Chalon. Some says this means a window. Chalon. The Yesh Omrim Even Tova Hamir Lahem. Two days in the Bracious Rabbah. Some say it was a stone that lit up for them. Lit up for the people inside. Sohar Tasla Teva, and of course that's where the word Saharayim comes from. Saharayim, the afternoon, where it's light. 
Sohar is the Shorish. The Gur Arye, the Maharal, has two points. First, a um, linguistic more, technical, and then he gets to the more major Yesod. First, he discusses, as many of the Mepharshi Rashi always do. We don't always do it, but if somebody opens up an Otsar Mepharshi Rashi, which the classic, the, the early one had, the Mizrahi and the Gur Arye and the Levush, uh, to name a few, and uh, some others. Those are the early ones. We, we've noted that there are hundreds of commentaries on Rashi and Torah, where nobody even comes close. 600, 600 plus commentaries on Rashi. But one of the early ones, the Mizrahi, they always say, why does Rashi go to What did the first one not like about the second one? Right, that, that's, that's what the Mepharshim focus on, often. So here, that's what the Maharal does at the first. Uh, source number two. The one that says it was a source of light, it was a diamond. Why didn't he want to say chalon? Why didn't it just say chalon? That would have been a more an easier word to say. You don't have to say this unusual word, that means window. Right? When Tanakh wants to say chalon, it says chalon. Right? When Yeshua, you know, when uh, sent the Meraglim and Rachav let him down the window, Liara Chalon. Exactly, exactly, exact Lashon. So why doesn't it say chalon? And one might add, also, if it meant chalon, how could chalon let in light? It's going to be pouring rain for a, for months, and it's going to be dark. What kind of light's going to be let in? That's another reason why maybe the opinion didn't want to say chalon. That's not that's not sohar. That's not light. Umisha pirish chalon and the one who explains chalon, no, chalon is uh, so it's a fancy way of saying chalon. Fancy way of saying chalon. It's okay. Hadalakasav chalon. Why didn't they exactly say chalon? Because what is generally a chalon used for? What is the ultimate purpose of a chalon? Suggests the Maharal. Most windows, at least maybe in earlier times, was also used to bring things in and take things out. Right? To use lahachnis not just light. The nafgamina shayosa chalon kishir gadol and. The chalonos weren't tiny. They were huge windows because they were used to put things into the yard, bring things in from the yard. They were large. If it was just for light, it didn't have to be as big. But if it was used to put things in and out, it would have to be larger. Also, where on the wall or on the roof would the window be? If it was for light, it has to be in a certain spot that would give light. Just to let in air, then it would be in a different spot than light. But the Pasuk doesn't tell you exactly where to put it. So maybe that's the reason Chalon, you would have had to say where and why and how. It's to give you the hint that this Chalon is going to be for Tzohar. It's not going to be for Kinesa V'Yetzia. And by saying Tzohar, that tells us where, that told Noach where to put it and how it's supposed to be used. Because nothing's going in and out in the time of the mob. So, part one, why does each one say their own shita, their respective shita? Next point, though. V'yim tomar. Laman tomar evan tova ha According to the opinion that it was a precious stone that lit up, lama lolakachner. Why didn't you just take a candle? Why, what, they, fire was invented. 
Right? Fire was invented. Right? We know one of the, the two sources why we use fire on Motsi Shabbos. Right? Two, two, uh, either, whether it's a Perkid or Belazar and there's a Gemara. Two different versions of what happened. Either Adam was depressed because now it was a Shabbos and he got thrown out of Gan Eden yesterday and what's going to be? And either Hashem showed him fire or he was the first Boy Scout. And he rubbed two rocks together and he created fire. So either it was from Hashem or it was from Adam. But either way, fire was created on Motsi Shabbos and that's why we say Borei Morei Ha'esh. Different than Yom Kippur. Motsi Yom Kippur is for a different reason why we have a fire. But Motsi Shabbos, Borei Morei Ha'esh. That's why Dafka, it's, uh, it's not a regular Birchas Shevach. We don't say it any, any other time besides Motsi Shabbos. It's Dafka Motsi Shabbos because fire was created. So there was fire. So why did they need this special jewel to light for them? Which was going to be a nace anyway. So Hashem could have just said, take it a candle and I'll keep it lit. Shahare Yosir Mistaver, Lios Mishamesh Biner, Mishayim Mishamesh Be'eventova. Either way, Hashem was going to have to help him out, so just bring in a candle. A long lasting, we have 24 hour candles and 7 day candles, we could have a 365 day candle. Right? Long candles. So why didn't, why didn't Hashem tell him? For the year release says the Maharao, it's telling us a Yasod. Which some of the uh, Sifrei Chasidus talk about. Shahatora asta binyan The table wasn't just a functional structure to save Noach and his family. It had a lot of symbolism to it. It was symbolic of something deeper. The teva was a microcosm of the universe, of the entire world. Hashem created the world once, and he was going to have to start over again, so to speak, Kaviyachal. But it wasn't that he destroyed, and he's going to start over. During the time of destruction, says the Maharal, Hashem had a mini-world, had a microcosm of a world in the Teva. And he doesn't go through all the details, but other sources talk about why the three levels, and why the, um, every different detail. And every part of the, every measurement, why was it 150 and... Just like in the world, there are three levels of olam. In the footnotes, Rabbi Hartman quotes from other Sifrei Maharal, where the Maharal talks about this often, that the world is split up into three worlds, three parts of the world. Look in the footnote for a moment. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Elu gimel kedushos kneged gimel olamots. Ha'echad olam hazeh hatachton. Vasheni olam hashamayim vashlishi olam elyon. Right, we know from others farm. We have this world, which is, you know, everything on earth. We have the next world, which is, we might call it the stars and the moon and the, that might be, and then everything above, the metaphysical. Others put, others I split it differently. Some put it that, <laughs> the Ramban writes in one place, the sun and the moon and the stars, that's all still our world. That's all physical. That's one world. The angels, that's another world, and then we, we can't, we, we don't have the words to explain the next world. Right? We just don't have it. We're human beings. We're finite. We can't explain it. Like try to explain to a dog metaphysics. Right? It's just he's not, it's not, he's not capable. So we're not capable. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But we're, so there are three worlds. Whatever the, uh, pshat is. And he quotes from Netzach Yisrael. He quotes from other, other, um, sources as well. He also quotes the Gemara in Nida that the, uh, there are three areas that a child goes through metaphysically in the three trimesters of the, uh, of, uh, pregnancy. Okay, either way, the Maharal writes, there are three worlds, and that's the Teva. The three levels of the Teva connect to, and parallel and symbolize the three worlds. Ukidei 
shelo yehe chaser ma'or kava, ma'or kava bo evan ameir lahem. Hashem gives them a diamond to shine, to be parallel to something in our world. Kedeshi edom lagamre lechlal haolam. Right? It's like the sun. The jewel, the tzohar, is like the sun, because that's parallel to the, to the, to the worlds. He could have used the candle. Hashem wanted it to be symbolic of the universe. Etc. And he continues, and then he says, "I, according to the Chalon opinion, what, what, you lose this whole idea." You have to still say there was some light source. The window, if it was pitch black, what was the purpose of the window? See so if you see it's a window, and you get to all the different shots about was he able to see the Rishonim outside, not see the Rishonim outside. But either way, the Maral says. That's the reason for the Sohar, a symbol of the world. And again, he doesn't go through more, but other Svarim do in terms of the more other details of the Teva symbolizing the world. Okay. So now let's talk about Noah himself, as we do at least once or twice each year. This is our, uh, Baruch Hashem, our 10th year. Next week starts the, really the 11th cycle. It was Lech Lecha, uh, Hashem, uh, a number of years ago. But either way, Noah. There is no one like Noah in Chazal. What does that mean? We say this each year. With such diametrically opposed pirushim and thoughts and varts about Noah. Somebody can give it Torah and they could talk about the godless of Noah. And somebody can give it Torah and they could talk about the faults of Noah. And it's already in the first Rashi as we know Chazal. Yish darshim osav l'shvach, v'yesh, right? Darshim lignai, and some are medayik that it says, no, it says, yesha darshim, yesha, the language, yesh may raboseinu, sheshem l'shvach, the yesha darshim, they're not raboseinu, lignai, all different shatim given, but either way, there are messages. There are messages. Noach is a, is a, is a unique figure throughout our, uh, our history. So, just to be fair, we'll have one in the more positive, uh, view and one more in the more negative view uh, in source four and source five. So for, first we'll see the negative, but again um, it's all to teach us. So Eila told us Noach Noach is sadik, as we know Tamim Hayabedarosav, and as the Rashi that we just <coughs> read uh, only Bedarosav according to Wamshat Lefidoro Hayat Sadik, the one that Darshan's Lagnai, according in his generation, according let's let's translate this literally Lefidoro. Not, doesn't say bidoro. According to his door, hayat sadik. Ve'ilu hayat bidoro shal Avraham, lo hayat nechshav leklum. And if he would be in Avraham's door, he wouldn't have been considered anything. Which is amazing, as we know, because the Torah calls him a tzadik. But this is the, this is the doresh lignai. And the question that many asked this year, of the, we'll see it from Rav Schwab, in Mayan Beis HaShoeva, why would we darshan at lignai? And what does it mean? Lefidoro. And is it fair to compare him to Avram Avinu? I mean, Rabzusha didn't compare himself to Avram Avinu. Right? Everybody should be compared to themselves. So, so why, why is this? Why do we compare him to Avram Avinu? Right? Lot didn't want to be compared to Avram Avinu. Right? He ran away. So, why is it? Sarach Biur. Eich ef shalomar shebedoro shal Avram loya nechshav leklum. Right? It wouldn't be anything. The Torah says he was a perfect tzaddik. 
Remember, Hashem saved him. Hashem built the world from him. You can't say he was nothing. You're right. But in Avram, so what exactly is the message of Noah? And then he gets into the language specifically. According to his door. As if he fit his door. What exactly does that mean? Ube MS says the Mayan Besa Shoeva. Kana ben Shoel. Echitachin. A question we asked in the first Noach year. And that is, Noach was giving a Musr Shmuz for 120 years. 120! It didn't inspire one person. Everybody inspires. Somebody walks out inspired from every shear, hopefully. 120 years, every day, what are you building? Teva, tshuva. He didn't inspire one person. How is that possible? What is it? How did he not inspire anyone? So if you remember, just parenthetically in brackets, the answer that we gave 10 years ago from Rebbeir Shapiro, whose yard site is this week, it's always around Pasha's Noach, Zion Cheshvan, right, Rebbeir Shapiro says, it must be that he didn't believe in them. It must be that he thought they were too far gone and they really wouldn't come back. And if a teacher or a parent doesn't believe in the child or the student, the child or the student is going to see right through them. And they're not going to be successful. And that's why, if you remember, he said, and that's why he showed him the rainbow. Because what's a rainbow? Why that a rainbow? Out of the darkest, dreariest day comes the most beautiful array of colors that nature has to offer. You would think a rainbow would come from the sun, beautiful. No, no. From a dark, dreary storm, you could get a rainbow. No, don't give up on my people. doesn't matter how dark and dreary and far they, they look. End quote. That was one answer we gave a number of years ago, but we couldn't not say it again. Ramir Shapiro. But Rav Schwab gives a different answer. Again, why? How was it that he wasn't successful? And what's Lufi Daro Hayat Sadiq? Ruim Anumize. Shahagam Shayanok Sadiq Tamim Mikomakom. Noach was a tzaddik. But as he's called, he was a tzaddik for himself. He wasn't focused, maybe connecting to what Ramir Shabiro said, he wasn't focused on others. His derech of avoda was for himself. What's called in Yiddish, a tzaddik in pelts. Right? He was a tzaddik in his fur coat up in his, in his place. He wasn't interested in spreading. When, he, when they asked him to, what's he doing with the teva, he answered them. But it wasn't like he devoted. It wasn't like he went out and tried to to uh, to get. It took him. Hashem made him do it for 120 years to try to give him the opportunity. But if he would would have been committed and most nefesh for it, then it would have been different. But says Rosh now. And this is his unique uh, addition. According to his generation, meaning what? His generation also had this midah. What, what, what did the generation degenerate into? As we know, 
stealing, not caring about others, stealing less than a shavah pruta so you couldn't bring him to court, right? So many, so many uh, different things that they did. They weren't focused on others. Noach also wasn't focused on others. Obviously, he was at Tzadik and they were Rishayim. But Lefidoro, in the Mida of his generation, he was at Tzadik. Within the world of keeping to yourself, he was a tzaddik. Kamochei Noach I saw his tiny uso ba'avodaso kishela atzmo elo shebrei doro ha'yeluhutem achadram gashmiim v'huasak bekinyan and ruchmiim. They were focused on gashmius, and he was focused on ruchmius. Utchunas hadarsh lo ashpiel acherem kenoi fa'ofan sidkuso. That's lo fidoro, but obviously that's not what Hashem wants from us. Compared to Avraham loy nechshav leklum. What does that mean? His derech of serving lo ha'yeh nechshav leklum. Kodesh Baruch doesn't want us to only be in it for ourselves. Part of our avoda has to be for others. Part of our avoda has to be forgiving. Rav Moshe Feinstein writes in one shuva. He was asked about how much a person should teach and to give and to learn with others. He said there's meiser by money. There can be meiser by, by learning also. Right? A certain percentage of our time has to be for others. Has even in learning. Maybe even more. The Chassam Sofer writes in the shuva that one can never, one can never lose by teaching Torah. Person thinks that if they stay home, they'll do more by themselves. No. That's part of our, our, our His avod, like the Rambam describes. He gives them food and drink, it says. It wasn't me, it was Hashem. And that's, that's the message that we have to take. But the door of Avram, the meat of Avraham, to be mashpi on others, that's, that's something that we have to take, uh, to take with us. And he says, that's the, at uh, the end, af noach nechtag zardin el shalomatzachain, right, the, the end of last week's parsha, right, noach was also somewhat included, but not matzachain, right, the haftorah, right, the, um, the, the may ma, the may noach, ki may noach, so the, uh, says, I think in Yeshayo, he was also nigzar a little bit, cause he didn't have that midah of, of Abraham Avin. That's on the one hand. But then we have, on the other hand, we have two uh, Hasidish thoughts uh, about Noah. And that is one on Rashi. Right? Rashi quotes later on in the parsha that Noah and his family went onto the Teva, Mipnei Mehamabo. I think we quoted this once before, but the, here it is again. Mipnei Mehamabo. And Rashi quotes, you have it there in source 5, Af Noach Miktani Amanahaya. Noah was also from the small believers. Miktani Amanahaya. Ma'amin ve'ino ma'amin. She'yavo ha'mabu. He believed, but he didn't believe that the ma'abu was going to come. What does it mean? He went into the teva mipnei me'amabu. Only once the ma'abu mamish was there, then he went inside. Mipnei me'amabu. From the face of the waters of the ma'abu. And all the mafarshim ask, okay, is this only according to the sheet of Darshulagnai, Darshulagnai, how do you interpret it? <coughs> but the Vorkarov, a friend of the Kutzker, the Vorka Rav says in Source 5, quoted here in the Mayana Shal Torah, So he says, You have to put the comma in a different spot. Put the comma in a different spot. The opposite of everything we've just said. Noach was such a maimin. He thought the Mabu wasn't going to happen. Why? Because he thought everybody was going to do tshuva. He dafka believed 
And he didn't want to believe that there was going to be a marble. Af Noach. Miktani Amana. He was little belief in thinking that the marble was going to come. Maimon. Right? Miktana, I'm sorry, put the comment in the other place. Af Noach Miktani Amana. Haya Maimon. Kama. In those who were small of Emuna, he believed. In those who were far away. And he didn't believe that the marble would come. He didn't think. He thought they were going to do tshuva. He thought they could do it. And he didn't go in until the, the waters made him. Every moment he thought they would come back. Unbelievable. Uh, drush, again, not the pshat, but the drush of the, of the Vorkarov. And similar, the Oiv Yisrael, the Aptarov, says in the next paragraph, Koach Shelamuna, who shehi oses ha-mukuv The strength of, the strength of emuna sometimes could create reality. If we have such strong emuna, right, who, who says this? A couple years ago, we saw the Archaim HaKadosh. The Archaim HaKadosh in Parshish B'Shalach, where Moshe Rabbeinu, is there and he's davening to Hashem by Kriyas Yamsuf. And what does Hashem say? Don't daven, just go! Yerachayim says, what do you mean don't daven? What else does a Jew do during an Esara? He davens! And the Yerachayim HaKadosh says, no, no, no. Now you need something stronger than davening. You need Emunah. You need the Emunah to go forward. It's unbelievable, Yerachayim HaKadosh, there in B'Shalach. So, says the Oiv Yisrael, maybe that's what's going on here. Noach didn't want to believe it was going to happen because then if he believed it, it would have happened. So he kept pre- preventing himself from believing it. On the off chance, hopefully, believed. He didn't want to believe it. Maybe his emuna will cause the marble to come somehow. Until he saw Aimbrera. Please saw Aimbrera. But maybe the message for us is the the deepness and the intensity of Emunah sometimes creates realities. What if every single Jew had Emunah Shlema, Bitara or Bitmimus that Mashiach was coming tomorrow? Imagine. You think Hashem would not like Mashiach come tomorrow? If every Jew in the world believed that Mashiach would come tomorrow, believe Shalem, of course Mashiach would come tomorrow. There's no doubt. The problem is we don't. The problem is we say Animamin, but, you know, who knows? Even though we realize, everyone alive today realizes that we're living in unusual times. We're living in unusual, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is orchestrating something. And we don't know what's going on, but Hashem knows. And there's something happening now. Look, 6,000 years, we're not so far off. Whatever's going to be then, what the Gemara says. But, you know, uh <coughs> So imagine, maybe Hashem's just waiting for one more Jew to have that full emunah. Maybe it's just one of us. Just one that really believes Mashiach could come tomorrow. Not that Mashiach will, we're not Nevi'im. But that could. Remember that story in Sanhedrin? I think it was Yeshua ben Levi. Yeshua ben Levi asked Eliyahu Navi. He meets Eliyahu Navi on the street. He says, Eliyahu, new, what's going on? Good, where's Mashiach? He's over there. He goes over there and he sees he's taking off a band-aid, putting on a band-aid, the whole description there in the Gemara. He says, Mashiach, when are you coming? He says, Hayom. 
He says, Hayom! He runs back and he doesn't come. And he says, Eliyonavi, Mashiach was a chakran. He was a liar. He said, why? What did he tell you? He says, Hayom! He says, no, you don't understand. Hayom dat dat. Hayom in bekolot tishmo. Right, if you would have deserved it. And listen, everybody would have deserved it. He could come today. So that's what we learned from the Oav Yisrael. Emunah creates reality and we have to do our best. Okay. One halachic interesting discussion, which I don't think we've ever done in the Parshish year, so I just gave you a couple of sources. There is a Gemara Mesechah's Brachas. Just to mention a halacha about animals. There's a Gemara Mesechah's Brachas that says, I didn't give you the Gemara because the Meiri quotes the Gemara, source number six. The Gemara says, if somebody sees an elephant or a monkey, a peel, a kof, or a kipof, which most assume is a different type of monkey, you say a special bracha. Baracha da Hashem al-Kinim al-Chalam, Mishana Habrios. Mishana Habrios, Hashem who created unusual beings. The Gemara lists off elephants and monkeys. Okay. So you read that Gemara, the Pshuto Shel HaGemara is any unusual animal. And what does unusual mean? Right, in our day and age, nothing's unusual because either we've all been to zoos or we've seen them on... You know, on a video, nothing's unusual. But in the days of old, you didn't see an elephant your whole life. You heard about them. A rhinoceros, a zebra, these animals. But that shouldn't take away from the awesomeness of the Bria. So most assume, most Mepharshim assume that the Gemara is just giving examples. It doesn't only mean dafka elephants and monkeys. There's others. And I gave you, just turn over for a minute. I gave you in source number eight, in the Piske Chuvas, he quotes various achronim. Who, you know, Dafka, you know, went and did their best to try it if they saw that there was going to be an animal in their vicinity. Right? The Leket Yosher. That's, uh, that's a, the Minhagim of the Shuma Sedeshen. Quote, the Shuma Sedeshen never saw a lion. Upamaches, his damin, b'shabesh, evil, the ero. They brought two lions on Shabbos and he ran to see them. The Shuma Sedeshen. We saw Lissulin. The Chida. The Chida quotes that one time he was in London and there was Chayas Meshunos and it was a hundred year old, uh, Nesher, eagle. Kasav, and he went, and he quotes from the Sanzara, the Devei Chaim. One time in Vienna, he went to see the Gan Chayot. He wanted to make the bracha of Mishan Abrius. So, 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 what? So the, the Chida quotes, there's different, uh, there's many, the Sfar, the Chida wrote 71 Svarim or so. So many Svarim of the, of the, of the Chida. But either way, he quotes also from the Munkatcher, he quotes from, uh, uh, Biosi Berlin, Began Melech, he saw. So, whether one should say B'Shem and Malchus, when you go to, uh, to the zoo, I'm not getting into that halacha discussion, the, the Shlomo Zalman and Rovavadia both are quoted as saying that one should say it. The first time, doesn't, not at every animal. The first time, when you go to the zoo, after not seeing, being at a zoo for 30 days, and you see an unusual, what is, what's an unusual looking animal? So, most animals should be unusual. Animals that are in the zoo, and they're not floating around, you know, all of our backyards. But they, so, there are some postcards that say we don't say those brachas with human malchus anymore. Okay, we're not getting into that right now. But either way, it's fascinating that if you look in the Me'iri on that Gemara, he seems to say there's something specific about elephants and monkeys. Why? What's elephants and monkeys? Back to source number six. Haro pil kofakipov. Hol vidomim la adam bemixas dvarim. Mivarachalayam brachmashana habrius. Because they have some similarities to people in intellect, in uh, recognition, whatever it is. I'm not a zoologist, but uh, if you look at the, uh, the studies, there is a certain type of um, knowledge or intellect that is had. So that's on a, the Miri says on a, so all, all the other animals are, just, are, are very different than people, but these are more similar, that's what, that's the Brachmashan Abrias. If you look in the Malachas Shlomo, which is one of the 
Achronim, commentaries on a Mishnah in Meseches Kilayim, their source number seven, he quotes another idea from a Chazal. Fourth, third line. Kasha, Shinoi, Why Mishana Brias? Every being in the world is different than the other one. Every being in the world is different than the next being. So why dafka these are Mishana Habrius? The tirades, the bismandar, amabol, nifrak, But Chazal tell us that Hashem punished the darhamabol, shehavchan lekufim upilim. That he changed them into, part of their punishment was elephants and monkeys. So Pashas, that means, doesn't, shouldn't be taken literally. Should be taken literally, just means that they lost their tselem alokim, and they were so evil, like the Gemara says in Erevin in one place. Maybe Dafka, that's why. Maybe Dafka, that's why. Because they were changed, the Dharamabal. Okay? Either way, um, interesting Gemara and Chazal related to it. Moving right along. Says the Pasuk later on, now let's get back to Noah. Perak Zayin Pasuk Aleph. The second time Noah is called the Tzadik. V'yomar Hashem l'Noach, Bo'at Tavachal Beis Chalateva, I have seen you a tzaddik in front of me. Tzaddik lefanai badarazeh. There's a medrash. There's nine la Torah. Source number nine. The Rav Saraskin quotes a medrash. Lefanai. Hashem, uh, the, the Hashem says, the Noach has a tzaddik in front of me. The medrash says, Lefanai atat tzaddik ve'enat tzaddik lefnei ha-malachim. Shekula mekatrikim alecha. The angels don't think you're a tzaddik, but I think you're a tzaddik. What does that mean? That's the tzaddik lufanai, Badar Azeh. Only in front of me you're a tzaddik. The malachim don't think you're a tzaddik. Ulachar akasha. Im lufnei akadosh baruch hu hagun noach. Mikosh shikin lufnei ha-malachim. Uma avel matzu ba malachim. What did the malachim find wrong with him? So, you have to have shots on your fingertips to make a suggestion like this. So he says, maybe it's based on a Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos, daf nun hei. He summarizes it. It's nun hei amad alaf in Mesech HaShabbos. If you want to look up the original source. The Gemara says that Bishas Churban Beis Hamigdash, Hashem kind of put a stamp. Hashem told Gavriel, go put a stamp on the forehead of the tzaddikim so they're protected. So when the Malachi Chavala destroyers go around the Churban, they won't touch those tzaddikim. So put a stamp, a tuff on their foreheads. And the Midas Hadin, the Gemara says, says back to Hashem, no, no, they're also Chayev Klia. Those are, they're also high of destruction. Why? They didn't protest enough. And they didn't protest what the Rishon were doing. So I'm not, they, should, they don't deserve to have the stamp. Hashem says back. No, no, no. I know, Galui Lefanai, that if they would have protested, it wouldn't have helped anyway. Wouldn't have helped. Says the Midas Hadin back to Hashem, but they didn't know that. Only you knew that. So they should have protested. That's the story in Gemara Shabbos. Says the Azayim Torah here, if Noah would have tried and tried and tried very hard, Hashem says he wouldn't have been successful. They were not interested. So Hashem says, Tzadik Lofanai Badar He's a Tzadik in front of me. Midas Hadin, the Malachim say, no, but he didn't protest enough. Why? But Hashem says, but it wouldn't have worked. They say, he didn't know that. Same idea, Churban Bayis, Churban Olam. Earlier in history. Malachim, Midas Hadin, Mosifim, Lekadrigalov. 
That's why Hashem says, that's why Hashem says that in front of me he's a tzaddik because I know it wouldn't have worked. But the Malachim say, no, he didn't know, and therefore that's the pshat of the Medrash. He didn't listen to me, the Sadin, and he saved them in order to keep the world, keep the world going. And he quotes himself in Hadea Vadibur, which is his set on Moadim. Okay, let's get now to, towards the end of the Parsha. So we have the Mabo, and we have the fascinating Ha'ara also we made in the past. Noach lived how long? Um, before the Mabo, 600 years. How long did he live after the Mabo? 350 years. How long did he live altogether? 950. One second. The Mabo took a year. We're missing a year. He lived 600 before the Mabal, 350 after the Mabal. What happened to the year of the Mabal? So the Mepharshim explained that they didn't even have a yard site. The year was wiped out of history. It didn't exist. Right? You could, uh, the first thing you look on a kever, on a matzev, is what year did they, were they nifter? Hashem wiped that year out of history. And that's why he says he lived 950. Fascinating. Anyway, but what did he do? He comes off the teva, and he does something that is not really so appropriate. Parakes, Pasik, Chaf Aleph. What does he do? Vayachanoch ish adama, vayitakarim. He plants a vineyard, vayesh b'dayayin, vayishkar, vayiskal basoch Allah. What happened to Noach? Tzadik, tamim, hayab adarosav, tzadik, lafanai. He comes, he plants a vineyard, and he drinks, and he gets drunk. What happened? How did, what, what, why was it? You know, did, did Noach drink before Pashtus? If he if he planted a vineyard, he probably knew about this before the Mabel. And he probably had grapes and drank wine before the Mabel too. And that's why he did it now. Why? He was doing something new? He, why did he take grape seeds into the Teva? Just like he took animals to bring Carbonus. So if you look, there's a safer that the Torah web put out all about Chinuch. So there's an article in there by, by Dr. Abraham Torsky, one of the experts on Chinuch in our day. So he asked this question in an article on Noach. <coughs> why is it? Why is it? What Noach did, right? Why was it so bad? So he says on the bottom, the commentaries explain that Noach knew how much he could drink safely without the wine affecting him before the flood. What Noach did not consider is that the world had undergone a radical change. It was not the same world he had known. In a new world, old rules do not, may not apply. What was tolerable in the old world may not be tolerable in the new world. Our behavior, and he continues, our behavior shouldn't be looked at in a vacuum. You know, what's appropriate in one time in history might not be appropriate in another time in history. If the world is on a lower level, so then we have to act differently. We have to take more precautions sometimes. Some things that we would allow, some things that children were allowed to do, you know, maybe 50 years ago, or 20 years ago, or even 10 years ago, maybe is not so appropriate. Nowadays, whatever it is, the world changes. And if the environment and society changes, then the, the level of avdus, of an evad Hashem changes. Again, it doesn't mean halacha never changes. But appropriate behavior. Our world, he explains, has undergone a radical change. Not only is it not the world of yours, not even the world of decades past. Some human foibles were tolerable in the old world, but today we must live by a higher standard. Then he has an amazing line. In past generations, we can live as Shulchan Arach Yidin, and that was good enough. 
But today we must live as Mesul Yisharim Yidin. To give ourselves and our children the spiritual capital needed to survive the current spiritual atmosphere. It used to be that we could go based on the every Sif Cotton and the Shulchan Aruch and we'd be safe. It's not good enough nowadays. Because now, you know, the attitude might be, Rabbi, where does it say that this is us, sir? It might not be what Hashem doesn't want. It's not what Hashem wants you to do. Kedoshim tiyu, however, however we want to apply it. Does it fit into the Mesorah? Right? Well, we, in our generation, and sometimes a Rav might give a Psak, in this generation, you can't do it. Even if 20 years ago, you could do it. Not today. And I'm not even giving any examples. All different areas of halacha, even things that might be mutter, aren't advisable in our day and age. And maybe that was the mistake of Noach, says Dr. Torsky. He did the same thing he did beforehand. We've spoken about this before. The Rav Salvechik quote, quotes that in life we have to be machadshim. We have to be a machadish, but we can't be a mishaneh. A machadish means applying the same principles of the Torah to new environments, but never to be a mishaneh. Mechadish, not mishaneh. And, and there are many examples that we've spoken about that in the, uh, in the past. And he says, at the end, while the challenges are daunting, and we have to recognize that, we have to follow in the path and know exactly what our world is about. Okay, let's squeeze in one final thought for the, uh, the evening. The last Rashi in the Torah, in the Parsha. Last Rashi in the Parsha, what does the end of the Parsha say? That Avram is born, wow, Baruch Hashem. The Parshas are like very exciting. The end of Rashi, Noach is born. The end of Noach, Avram is born. Right, the end, it leaves us on a, on a cliffhanger. Right, so at the end of the, the last Pasuk, Tarach lives for 205 years, and Tarach dies in Haran. Tarach dies in Haran. Rashi quotes the last Rashi, Nun Hafucha. It's a backwards Nun. We don't have a backwards Nun in our Torahs. Rashi quotes, Nun Hafucha. Haran. The nun in Haran is backwards. Lomar lacha ad Avram hayacharon af shel makom ba'olam. Until Avraham, there was anger in the world. So maybe it's to teach us a secret. Haran could be like Haron, right? Could be just to teach us that there's a secret message here. That's why the nun is backwards. Okay. Question. Yesh lodaktik. Lama says the Chanukah Satora, the Rebbe of Heschel. Source number 12 who always has sharp thoughts. Why is this dafka written here? Why is this hinted to here? That that uh, until Avraham, Hashem was angry, but now Avraham stopped. So what, put it, what, hint to us by Avraham that, that when he was born, Hashem wasn't angry anymore. Question one. Number two, So if Charon is, is hinting to us, so why do he pick the nun, the last letter of the word? Pick ches, write a backwards ches, Backwards Reish, right, according to the Mesorah that, that Rashi had. So why is the Dafka on this Pasuk? Why is the Dafka that letter? So many of us might be thinking, well, wait a minute. Nun Hafucha reminds us of something. We do have one Nun Hafucha. And that, of course, is in Bahaloscha. Right? By Vahibit Soha Aron. What does the Gemara and Shabbos say? Rashi quotes it there in Bahaloscha. Right? Why is the, why are those Nuns there? To teach us that these psukim don't belong here. It's in the wrong spot. It's in the wrong spot. Right? He quotes it. Lama quotes it, um, he quotes it on line 16, 17. 
Right, it's in the wrong spot. That's why in Sefer Bamidbar, that's why those nuns are there to break, uh, um, separate off, cordon off the section of the Torah that's not really in the proper order. Suggest the Chanukah's a Torah. That's why maybe Daf gets a nun here too. The same idea. Because what does Rashi say right before this? Choran really didn't die yet. It's just that we don't want to say that Avram left while his father was still alive. He left his elderly father. Keep it up a aim. What are people going to say? So this is also out of order. So it's connecting to that nun. The nun hafuche in baloscha teaches us that something's out of order. It's not, it's not in its proper place. It's not connected to where it is. So too here. But now he says something astounding. So why dafka a nun? Why? Out of all the letters. Out of all the letters. So we've quoted some drush in baloscha in the past also. A nun is a fish. Backwards fish. Okay. But here, a different shot. I don't think we've ever said. Says the Chanukah Zatara. Why Dafka Anun? So he quotes an amazing Medrash, the Yalkut in Balak. I gave it to you in Source 13. It's on the Pasuk of Hain Am Levadad Yishkon. Says the Medrash, every number has a pair. One has nine. Two has eight, meaning that's how it's a pair to make a unit. Two has eight, three has seven, four has six. What does five have? Itself. Doesn't have a pair. Doesn't have a pair. 20 has 80. 30 has 70. 40 has 60. What does 50 have? Nothing. The two letters that have no pairs are hey and nun. Hein am levadad yishkon. They are letters that are alone, like the nation. Hein, that's the medrash. And what does Hain mean in uh, Yavanis? Chazal say, we say, Echad, one. Eino mi cheshban, machashvan im uma acheres. Tedal achashu kein. Chashov kolosios, v'tipsa kula yishlan ben zug. V'hevenun ein lohem zug. Five and fifty. Hey and nun have no pair. It, it's not, so they're not mechubar to anything. The nun and the hey therefore symbolize, they're not connected so that's why the nun is used for a parsha that's not supposed to be where it's supposed to be. It's in the wrong place. It's not connected to this spot. It's not the pair with this spot. That's why the nun is used. The only question is why nun and not hey. It's why nun not hey. So he continues at the end. He says, there's a medrash that says that asidin, right? He says, in the medrash says that nun is going to have a ben zug in the future. I know what that means. But Nun's going to have a Ben Zug. But the Parshios, the measure says, Asidinli Kava Bim Koman. So it's more parallel to the Nun. But either way, that is the Kharifus of why Dafka, the Nun, again, we don't have a backwards Nun. But the Nun in Hafuchin, connecting to the ones in Baloscha, and why Dafka a Nun, because those are the only two letters that have no pair. Hain Amlavadad Yishkon, just like Am Yisrael has no pair. We have no pair. Our pair is Shabbos. Our pair is Akadosh Baruch Hu, and our pair is is Torah. Okay, we'll stop here.